Welcome back to a very special Christmas edition episode of uh, Level Up Podcast. And today uh, I have a very special guest with me, uh, Tanner Shock. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Hey, Mina, thank you very much for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Uh, same here, same here. So, so actually, um, just um, uh, to, to bring people up to uh, speed, so we uh, met at the Dubai Active Show a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And actually, actually the year prior, before, a year, year before, before, we, yeah, we, we, uh, we met. shook hands and, and we talked a bit. And right. uh, I have been someone who has been uh, following uh, your content for quite some time. And I uh, find it... Um, Uh, one we like honestly, and, and that's uh, not because you're sitting uh, right in front of me, but uh, that's uh, the truth. Uh, I find your content one of the most uh, legit um, uh, fitness content out there, and I personally love um, uh, uh, seeing what you're talking about, what you're preaching, what um, you have been um, uh, advocating. Uh, and I felt it was uh, very important to have you here in this uh, uh, venue so that we can talk together and, and discuss like the, the content creation business, the fitness Absolutely. industry, and uh, see uh, where are you heading, actually. Yeah, so. no, well, firstly, I just want to say thank you very much. I appreciate anyone that follows me and anyone that gets value out of my content, and if it resonates with you, I think that's amazing. Uh, you know, my content, it's, it always has a positive um, purpose, It certainly is not for everyone, but I'm glad you've gotten value out of it. And I would consider myself, I do consider myself um, a legitimate trainer and also content creator. So happy to be here and happy to be doing this podcast with you. And I'm awesome, happy awesome. to discuss any questions you have for me about my content creation process or anything in general. Super, super. So, so actually, uh, be, be, before we start, even uh, I recall a friend of mine, he's, he's actually training also in uh, Aliyuth and... and uh, Uh, we, we were we were talking about your content at at some point, and he's telling me, you know what, like Tanner, actually he is uh, he 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 trains that way in real life, like the way he he squats and how deep he squats and and the the like I think what he squat like 300 pounds for breakfast, I think. Oh man, uh, <laughs> like, I, I'm getting back up there now. I've I've dealt with lots of injuries, but I'm trying and I'm in the process of getting stronger yeah. again or getting strong again. Uh, yeah. And I will tell you this, like I practice what I preach and sure. I, I would never put out a message or tell anyone to do anything that I have not done myself a thousand times. So Super. yeah, it's, uh, that's maybe one reason why my content is legitimate and, and because I, I, I do what I say. Super, super. So um, be before we start talking about the, the content creation, the business, uh, the fitness industry in general, I, I, I want to touch base a bit on uh, young Tanner growing up. Sure Were thing. you like this shredded and uh, buff yeah, growing I, up? I, I can touch on that. Sure. I'm very fortunate in, I think, a lot of regards. I had really good parents, mm -hmm. extremely good parents. And you know, my mother is the best mother in the, in the world. And my father, I consider him the best father. My father was, he's always been hard on me, like in a good way, tough mm -hmm. love. And he started, he started me training. He started training me when I was nine years old. So I was a, I was just a kid, you know, and I wanted to play American football. Mm -hmm. And my father said, well, if you want to play American football, you need to get in shape first. And you need to start training and working out for mm -hmm. that. Because if you're going to do anything, you know, you need to take it seriously. And like hearing that as a 10 year old kid, it's like, you don't really know what to think, but I just knew I wanted to play football and I thought to myself, well, all right, well, if this is what it takes to be able to play it, then I'm going to do, I'm going to do what it takes. Mm -hmm. So I was raised in a gym. 
um, brought up in a gym. It's really all I've ever done and really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I played sports my entire time growing up through, you know, a teenager, high school. I played division one college football. Okay. So that's the, yeah, that's the highest level of college football you can play, at least in the United States. Uh, who, who did you play for? I played for Rice University in Houston, Texas. Okay. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a uh, full ride scholarship there to mm -hmm. go play football and did that, played football, got my education. And then, you know, once I finished up playing college football, you know, I was, uh, I think, 23 or 24 years old. And I knew I really was not cut out for, I guess, uh, a real job. Mm -hmm. And I just, I wanted to continue training and exercising and, and, and kind of continuing to be athletic or continue to be an athlete. So naturally, I, I had a seamless transition into the world of competitive CrossFit right okay. after I finished playing college football. Mm -hmm. So exercising, training, you know, being fit, that's all I've ever done, you know, really since I was a kid. So I, I do have an advantage on that. And I have... To answer your original question, yes, I've always kind of maintained kind of a lean and muscular physique, but it's because I've been training my whole life from from, from a yeah. very young age. Yep. And and um, uh, speaking of uh, football, like I, I know it's it's not part of what we're supposed to discuss today, but uh, so so you were playing Division One college football, and didn't you think of maybe pursuing a career in the NFL? Or oh, I absolutely wanted to. That was like yeah. my 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 dream. I didn't have the best college football experience. Okay. Um, and so I didn't actually get to play as much as I would have liked to in college. And mm -hmm. there's a lot, that's a whole nother backstory, but yeah. I would have loved to have played, you know, professional football. And some of my best friends, they've had very successful careers in the NFL, mm -hmm. you know, so multimillionaires, you know, very successful men, you know, played, you know, some, one guy played, I think 12 years in the NFL, wow. one of my, my best friend. So really, really successful guy and an mm -hmm. amazing football player. I would have loved to have done that, you know, unfortunately reality set in and I think it's like 0.00001% of, you know, all men are able to even go play at the NFL at the highest True. level. True. Unfortunately, I didn't fit into that very small percentile. Mm -hmm. So once I finished up playing college football, I realized, you know, playing professional football in the NFL was most likely not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then that was really when the time when CrossFit also was kind of becoming popular this is around 2012 2013 okay um and i thought you know what all right if i can't play professional football then i'm just gonna you know be a professional exerciser nice <laughs> in essence i know that sounds silly but like that was legitimately my mindset i was like all right if i can't go play if i can't you know go play pro football then i'm just gonna work out for a living and so that was my mindset and that's kind of what really got me to where i am today mm-hmm so uh, CrossFit, you, you started CrossFit around the 2012, 2013? I first discovered it, I think, in 2012. Okay. Because um, I was still playing college football. Yeah. But I saw the CrossFit Games, you know, on ESPN. That's a popular sports mm -hmm. channel in the U.S. So first discovered it there. And then I immediately knew once I saw that, I immediately knew, all right, you know, if I if football doesn't, doesn't pan out, I'm just going to go work out. I'm just going to get as good as I can at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. So, but uh, th th thinking of this, like I, I, I want to dive a bit deeper on on your uh, thought process because um, uh, when you start training CrossFit, there are some elements in CrossFit oh, like sure. gymnastics, for yeah, instance. Absolutely, uh, the, the style of training is much different than you know training specifically for football. Mm -hmm. Much different. So yeah, there was a very large learning curve to kind of transition from college football and that kind of style of traditional strength and conditioning into, you know, a much more varied, more mm -hmm. random, 
you know, style of CrossFit training where there's a lot of skills involved that I had to learn or pick up on, um, you know, that I'd never done because I've never done gymnastics and I've just played football my whole life. I'd never done like muscle ups yeah, or muscle ups or any kind of, you know, mid level to high level skill gymnastics yeah. or just the level of, um, you know, conditioning and aerobic capacity mm-hmm. that's required in the sport of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. It's a, I think CrossFit's actually the hardest sport to do. True. It's also one of the hardest and probably least rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the CrossFit athletes, they probably work harder than most any other professional athlete and probably you know, are paid the least or get rewarded the least or, mm-hmm. and probably the least recognized. So it's kind of funny how that works, but mm-hmm. it's just the truth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a big learning curve, but I kind of just, I love that. I love challenging myself and I, you know, I just figured, all right, you know, this is something I could be good at. Mm-hmm. And I just worked at it and worked at it and worked at it until I became, you know, a good crossfitter. All right. And um, so, so from, from what I know, uh, like when we uh, talked before, You came to Dubai uh, to compete, and um, it's 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 not the CrossFit. It, it was a qualification for the CrossFit Correct, Games. Correct. Yeah. So it was yeah. uh, D- Dubai. Uh, it was the Dubai Fitness Championship. Fitness Championship. Okay. At that time, which is the same competition that's actually happening uh, later this weekend. Okay. Which is it's now branded as the Dubai CrossFit Championship. But okay. The Dubai Fitness Championship, Dubai CrossFit Championship, it's the same competition, mm-hmm. just with a slightly different name now. Okay. But yes, that's what originally brought me to Dubai, and that was back in 2013. Okay. Long story short, I'll try to get down to it. After I finished playing college football, I immediately knew I just wanted to work out and do CrossFit. So mm-hmm. one thing led to another thing. I ended up going to the Philippines to visit my father, like on a vacation. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly went into a CrossFit gym there in Manila to mm-hmm. work out. Right place, right time. I got a job coaching CrossFit there because their mm-hmm. coach was leaving for another job and they mm-hmm. needed kind of an experienced coach, you know, to, to take that role. So they offered me a job and I took it because at that time going to the CrossFit games was all I cared about. Mm-hmm. And if I was based in Asia in the Asia region for CrossFit, it was a much less competitive region to try to com- uh, qualify for the CrossFit games. Mm-hmm. So that was why I took the job. because I just really wanted to go to the CrossFit games okay. as, as, as fast as I could. Yeah. So it was kind of my first year in the CrossFit right place, right time, got a job coaching in the Philippines. Then I heard about this big fitness competition in Dubai, you know, where they're giving away, you know, a pretty substantial amount of money, prize money, mm-hmm. you know, for working out. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, awesome, let's do it. So I flew from the Philippines to Dubai specifically just to do the Dubai fitness championship flew here. I had to qualify for the competition. This is when they still had like in-person qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Now the event is online or I think it's actually just, it's invite only now. Interesting. So, yeah, okay. so the the events evolved, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. But so thankfully, I qualified for the competition, and it was my first year doing CrossFit. I ended up getting third in 2013 at the Dubai Fitness Championship. I made the podium. I'm th- very thankful. I won some prize money. Mm-hmm. So, and that my performance at that competition afforded me with another opportunity to coach CrossFit here in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So. I was uh, I received a job offer to coach CrossFit in a gym that was going a CrossFit gym that was soon to open mm-hmm. here in Dubai. This is back in 2013, end of 2013. So that was a much better opportunity than what I had in the Philippines. So left the Philippines, moved to Dubai, started coaching CrossFit, and you know I've been here basically since. So nearly 10 wow. years later, I coached CrossFit for six years. Now I've transitioned to kind of working into myself, working mm-hmm. for myself, and you know here here we are. 
Nice, nice, awesome. And and uh, speaking of uh, Dubai, so so you're originally from uh, Houston? I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to college in Houston. Okay, so Oklahoma and winters are cold. They can be, certainly. Yeah. Like, they're not the most severe winters, but anyone that's lived in Oklahoma or has been to Oklahoma in the wintertime, they're, they're nothing to, you know, scoff at. It's like, yeah. it can be really cold. They can have some pretty, pretty you know, severe weather there. So, so, so how, how do you find the weather in uh, Dubai? Because uh, I, I think it's kind of close to the weather in Houston, except for in Houston, uh, I think a year or two years ago, it was actually snowing in Houston, which is yeah, one, a rare occasion. The, for, uh, out of the five the years, humidity is, the five years that I lived in Houston, it snowed one time when I was there. Normally yeah. it never snows. Extremely humid because yeah. it's really close to the ocean. So I would say Dubai in general is more hot. The weather in mm -hmm. general is more hot than Houston. There's less seasons yeah there's more seasons in houston the humidity i would say is a bit more severe in houston mm -hmm. you know it's year round i think in dubai you have parts of the year where it's more and less humid than others nice but so, so you've been 10 years so, so you're coping now years. with the weather it's, uh, i i'll preface this i'm not a cold weather person okay i don't i don't like or enjoy living and being exposed to cold weather so Super. dubai works well for me i mean it's either hot or really hot here and Thankfully, I can tolerate the heat fairly well. And then when it's too hot, you know, you can always go take a vacation for, you know, a little while to get out of it. That's what a lot of people do, you know, when it's so hot here. So Dubai has been really good to me. And the weather's, I like the weather, I'd say, more, more than I don't like it. Interesting, interesting, yeah. I think uh, especially, um, like to me, I've, I've, I've been here in Dubai now eight years or uh, approaching the eight-year mark. And uh, the thing is, I try as much as I can to escape summertime yes so like if, if i can escape july and august those are the best months to get away super yeah, super yeah. now i can enjoy the entire uh, absolutely you can enjoy kind of the entire year yeah i did the same this past year I, I traveled my girlfriend and i traveled to california for the month of august the nice. entire month just to kind of escape the heat because yeah it's july and august are the most brutal yeah brutal they're months brutal here. they're brutal yeah Cool. So uh, 2012, you started doing the CrossFit. You came to Dubai. Uh, you started coaching. So you still got the opportunity to coach uh, CrossFit here in Dubai. Uh, when did you start delving into the social media world? Really not until, I would say, 2000, late 2018, 2019. That's when I did it. And it's funny. It's I've really evolved on that and changed mm -hmm. my mindset. Like so, back in 2014, 2015, I was kind of anti-social media. I didn't really okay. post anything. You know, I didn't really want anyone to know what I was up to. I wasn't mm -hmm. putting out any kind of you know fitness content or really. I, I would mm -hmm. you know consume a little bit. And really, my life at that time on social media was just Instagram. I feel mm -hmm. like that's a, a lot of people. That's the main form of social media they use. Yeah, Instagram. And I didn't really start taking social media more seriously till I'd say probably the early 2019 because I realized if I wanted to grow, you know, my my fitness career and, you know, take fitness as kind of a serious profession, I could no longer only be an in-person trainer or, mm -hmm. an in, you know, an in-person coach. You know, I'd, I'd kind of reach the ceiling of that profession, you know, of being an in-person coach because... There's only so many hours in a day, in a day that you, that you, you can, can work uh, on the gym floor and yeah. do, you know, personal training sessions or coach classes. And so obviously I was pretty observant of what other, some other successful trainers were doing and they were growing on social media, putting out fitness mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. So this is, yeah, like over four years ago now. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really what I started doing. So I just started taking social media more seriously and I just started posting more consistently. And, you know, that it was a very long process and it took time. 
and a lot of, yeah, like I said, effort and consistency. So I started taking social media more seriously and trying to use it to my advantage early 2019. And that's really just kind of slowly grown and evolved cool. um, until where we are today. And, 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 and um, <coughs> when you started it, so, so you were noticing some um, uh, other colleagues uh, growing yeah. on their social media. But, Trends. Um, yeah. um, uh, did, did you see the growth in terms of uh, monetizing from the social media itself or uh, from uh, working online and coaching online? So I think they kind of work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't, I, I'd never use, I never hired a coach or a mentor. I kind of did everything myself and I just learned mm -hmm. kind of learned through, um, you could say through osmosis, just putting myself through it. But what I did notice is one guy that I was watching closely at the time. It's, it's interesting now because I've kind of surpassed him now, at least kind of on a social media level, maybe professionally as well. But mm -hmm. I just noticed what he was doing and I kind of just emulated him. I just saw, all right, he had a website. He's posting consistently. He's selling, you know, online training programs, eBooks. And that's kind of where I started. So mm -hmm. I like, you know, researched like, all right, how do I build a website? You know, I went through three different websites, you know, all right, what do I need to do to put out better, you know, content? How do I make my content, you know, contain more value? How do I get people to watch the content? So these are all things that I learned and kind of studied and I just observed what other, other people were doing. They were having some success and I really just tried to emulate them. Mm -hmm. And I also learned that, you know, social media can be a very kind of self-absorbed and narcissistic thing. Mm -hmm. I also realized that from, you know, a pretty early, early on. And I knew that, all right, if I want people to take me seriously, I can't just talk about myself and what I'm doing. I can't just show my workout for that day. Cause truthfully, no one really cares what I'm doing. People only care about themselves. Mm -hmm. Everyone is inherently selfish and so if you want people to follow you, you need to provide them value. How, mm -hmm. can, how can you help them? So when I had that kind of fundamental mindset shift, I started growing a, bit of, you know, a following a bit more quickly. And really it was just about helping people, providing value. And, and I think that a, was a crucial mindset shift that I had that you know, has allowed me to experience some success. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me about it. So, so the idea is because um, um, uh, the nature of what I'm working on right now is that I, I get to uh, talk with a lot of uh, coaches and, and uh, Instagram personnels. And um, I, the, the main idea that I try to uh, uh, maneuver or change the mindset is Education. Absolutely. Um, uh, the information is out there. People can search on the internet and find the information. But if, if you're not showing and, and giving out as much information as you could, uh, you will be lost in the shuffle. You will, yes. you will not reach a situation where people can actually look up to you and say, okay, this man or this dude or this person knows what they're talking about. And if I want to learn something, I'm going to learn from them. Agreed. So uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a crucial part. It's yeah, a crucial part, and important. I like um, uh, the, the the way that you you have taken that mindset. Yeah, no, uh, I I use social media very intentionally mm -hmm. because I mean, if you're able to harness the power of social media, it's incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. So, and I I think social media can go one of two two ways. It can be incredibly detrimental, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what social media you consume. It can yeah. be a huge waste of time or make you feel bad about yourself, or it can also be incredibly you know, positive, beneficial, if you use it in a way to help others and you put out a positive, uplifting, informative, educational message. Mm -hmm. So I chose the latter. So I try to 99% of all my content that I've put out, it's usually going to be some kind of educational content. Mm -hmm. And I'll try to make it more, you know, entertaining as entertaining as I can. Yeah. Sometimes it's very blunt and direct, but 
it, it does have some kind of educational message to it mm-hmm. to help people hopefully be healthier or, you know, like I said, just become a better version of themselves. Yeah. But uh, one, one thing you just pointed out, it, it can also be detrimental because uh, we, yeah. we, we've seen, like, I, uh, I do believe people are smart in general and, and uh, whoever is consuming the content would know what's right or what's wrong, what's Agreed. true and what's not true. Agreed. And uh, But the thing is, you get to see also a lot of growth when it comes to, um, like, w- w- without calling out some, uh, someone, right? But um, uh, eating liver, raw liver, sure. right? Yeah. And then the... Sensationalism. The, exactly. And, and um, um, how, how do you see uh, this... Like, do you see this should be canceled? Like, are you pro cancel culture in that part, or do you see it's it's about no? We have to put out the right education and and, and it's, it's funny you ask that because mm-hmm. it's that's really that's a double edged sword. Yeah. Because yes, there's so much bad or you know false information on social media because there's mm-hmm. no one to regulate social media there's no 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 one can regulate that yeah. i mean in essence i guess you could in a way there's cancel culture but i also believe in free speech i mm-hmm. mean at the end of the day I'm, I'm i'm an american and you know free speech is one of i guess the core principles of being american you're able mm-hmm. to say what you believe and what you want to say it, it can be a positive and negative mm-hmm. in that regard like i i believe you should be able to put out the content you want to put out but at the same time, it can be to the detriment of a lot of people if you're putting out, you know, bad or false content. But thankfully, there's all kinds of other content creators that love calling to people pick, out, pick, pick on pick, that, picking yeah. on people and call out and mm-hmm. create all kind of, you know, social media drama and say who's right, who's wrong. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of content creators that are much, much better at that than me. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not a. I feel like if I don't have anything nice to say about anyone, even if it's you know someone that's you know, an extreme sensationalist person and they're put out terrible content. Mm-hmm. I'm usually like, all right, if, if I can't think of anything better to, to make than, you know, rather than just talk badly about someone, I probably shouldn't make that content. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone's going to agree with that. And mm-hmm. so 99% of my content, you're not going to hear me talking badly about other, other content creators. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of content creators that have made content specifically about me talking True. badly about me. Mm-hmm. I let that kind of roll off my back and I just move on. Again, it's that really is a personal decision. That's just who I am. Again, so so you decided to block the noise in general. Yeah, I try to block the noise, and I just, I like I said, I think to myself, if I don't have anything nice to say about anyone, then it's probably better to say nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And I also look at it as even if some content creator is putting out the worst fitness advice or their their advice is wrong or inaccurate, I also look at it as all right, what's the big picture on this? This person, this content creator may be putting out inaccurate, you know, fitness content, but at the same time, they're still delivering a message of kind of health and wellness, mm-hmm. you know, so overall, the overall impact of their content on their Might audience, be that someone, instead of sitting there on a chair, yeah, can actually go out there and work out exactly, or try something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, even if their workout is terrible or their nutrition advice is terrible, at least the message they're delivering is probably overall, it does have a net positive, mm-hmm. you know, where it's getting someone to actually be more mindful about what food they eat or, you know, get off the couch and go, go for a walk or do a workout. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not big on tearing others down. I've, that's just a personal belief I have. And, but did it ever uh, get to your nerve? Like, I, I don't know, like if, if, if you are watching um, uh, other content creators who are picking on you, 
Did you did you ever watch any of those like uh, I've, videos? I've, I've or? watched them, yeah, many times for sure. Okay. And I, believe me, there's there's been times where I've really wanted to, you know, make like I'll a rebuttal or like to just, make a make a yeah. response to yeah. that, you know, and do that. But then I then I think about all right, is that really the best thing to serve my audience? Okay, that's kind of a selfish approach. If I need mm -hmm. to take the time out of my day to make a you know a well produced piece of content to make a rebuttal against some other content creator that disagrees with me, I think to myself, all right, that's actually not being the bigger person. That's not being mature. That's mm -hmm. being selfish. And so, you know, I can't control what anyone else is doing. I know that I can only control what I'm doing, what you're doing, you know, my attitude, my effort and things like that. So what I do is I just completely ignore it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, one or two days goes by and I just forget about it. Or there's also been times where I've had people that are quite negative or, very persistent and I, sometimes I'd have to block that person, mm -hmm. you know, on Instagram, you know, or, or whatever, but I try not to let it get, get to me. And I also tell myself, you know what, if I have haters, that's probably a good thing. That yep. probably means I'm actually doing something right. Cause if you try to make content for everyone and try to be agreeable to everyone, you're actually going to please no one. You're not going to speak to anyone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how I look at it. Awesome. I love the uh, mindset. So if, if, if you were to, to advise uh, someone who's delving into the social media world today, um, can you pinpoint top three things that they have to focus on? Yes, that's kind of on the spot. But I would just say that the things that immediately come to mind would be be who you are, be genuine, be honest. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would also say, do not be afraid to speak your mind. Because again, what I just said, it's, I think it's, it's better to be possibly polarizing and, and controversial, mm -hmm. you know, rather than it is to be just really vanilla and bland and basic. Mm -hmm. And also you have to think about, or at least the approach that I've taken with my content is like, I would rather be loved or hated than not be noticed at all. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially if you really believe in your message and what you're putting out there there's a really good chance other people are going to believe and resonate with that message as well. All right. And so I think that's a good thing to do. Also consistency, you know, with your content, like I didn't build, you know, even though I have, I consider myself, a, I have a modest following on social media, True. but I didn't build that following overnight. It mm -hmm. was, you know, it took me years, you know, of consistent posting, growing, putting out content, making bad content, failing, you know, trying and then trying again. So consistency is really important. Also, if you know that you want to take content seriously, take it seriously. Like put out well-produced content. Like in today's day and age, you know, social media is, it's, it's everywhere, yep. you know, everywhere. Everyone consumes some form of social media. Mm -hmm. And if you want to stand out or grow, take it seriously. Like, so put out well-produced, well-thought-out, planned content. You know, don't be afraid to work hard at it. Like mm -hmm. content creation, so it's, it's hard. Just like... I have the utmost respect for you and really anyone that goes out of the way to, to put out and make content. You know, it's a lot easier just to sit at home and do nothing and just stare at your phone and watch other people do the work. Mm -hmm. But if you want to do something, man, it takes a lot of effort. So yeah, just take it seriously, sure. be consistent and, you know, be genuine. Awesome. And, um, um speaking of, of, uh, content quality. So, so when we talk about quality, it's, it's about the quality of the information or the quality also of the production. Yeah. Both. Both. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I probably should have clarified that. Yeah. I would always encourage you to put out, you know, quality information, you know, and hopefully it's accurate and true mm -hmm. again. I mean, 
my truth may be different to other people's truth, but I really believe in what I'm saying. So that's why everything I put out there, I can say it with conviction because I mm -hmm. truly believe it. Mm -hmm. But also I noticed I started to grow much, much more on social media when I started taking my content production and content quality more seriously. So, yeah. and I have, you know, I worked really hard. I hired a full-time videographer and editor, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I have spent a decent amount of money, you know, on cameras, lenses, you know, lighting, mm -hmm. these, these kind of things. So I've, I've done it. Like I'm, I've kind of somewhat experienced in the game of social media. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that's allowed me to grow. Like you should, like I said, anything, anything that I do, I aspire to do it well. So I think that's, you know, probably some good advice that I would want to impart on anyone that, that wants to grow, nice. you know, on social media. Cool. And um, speaking of, of social media again, so you started first Instagram. Uh, yes. Uh, followed by TikTok. And now you started also a YouTube channel. Correct. Uh, I've really never really taken TikTok seriously, to be okay. clear. Um, and that's like where my, my lowest following is. I I do post on TikTok, but it's basically just repurposed How content. Often? Probably like three or four times a week. Oh, I tried. Yeah, probably not. Not, not enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard that if you want to grow on TikTok, you need to be posting multiple times a day. Yeah. Three times a day at least. Yeah. 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 So I've, I've heard that. And I've, it's funny before you, before I was, you know, before I came over here, I was actually scheduling content, you know, like trying to get ahead. Yeah. So yeah, TikToks, I still need to, to work on that. Mm. Um, mainly Instagram. That's still where my largest following is. And that's the platform that I've definitely spent the most time on. And mm -hmm. obviously the, where I've consumed the most probably, yeah consume the most content mm -hmm. but i had a uh bad experience in 2022 which has actually ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me so okay uh meta or facebook they basically disabled my entire facebook and instagram you know account so basically mm -hmm. my my instagram account facebook was disabled taken away from me like banned mm -hmm. still don't know why what happened you know whether someone hacked my account or whatnot All I can say it was a, it was a terrible, terrible thing to go through because mm -hmm. I'd worked, I'd been working really hard on Instagram for like two or three years to try to build my following. At the time, I think I had like maybe 30 or 35,000 followers, mm -hmm. just something, you know, and it, it, it was really important to me because I worked really hard to get those followers. Yeah, yeah. And then I just wake up one day and try to open up Instagram and it's completely blocked, turned off. Like my account's been disabled, hacked, mm -hmm. don't have it. And so like my entire life on social media had been ripped away from me. Yeah. And it made me realize like, wow, I am so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. My entire life on social media was just on one platform, mm -hmm. you know, and then it was just ripped away from me, taken away from me. And I felt like helpless, you know, but that going through that actually made me realize, all right, you're, you're not being very smart about this. You've put all your eggs in one basket mm -hmm. and you really should diversify. So that's when I started, you know, building a YouTube channel and taking that seriously. And I had zero subscribers. Okay. You know, like basically in March of 2022. And since then, I've been taking YouTube more seriously than probably any other platform because as a content creator, especially a fitness content creator, in my opinion, the most legitimate and most credible fitness, you know, creators are actually YouTubers. Mm -hmm. They're not Instagrammers or TikTokers or anything like that. So I started taking YouTube more seriously just because I feel like it's just a, I feel like it's probably the, the best platform you know of all like the major social media platforms to be on yeah if you want people to take you seriously so and i think uh, i think the, the the main reason is um youtube has always <clears throat> been 
uh, about video content, right? It right. never changed. Yes. It's always been video content. Sometimes it's long form, sometimes yeah. it's short form, vertical form, yeah. horizontal, but it's always been video. Absolutely. While Instagram, it started first as a pictures, a pictures and then reels and then stories and then now yeah. they're, they're trying to go a bit more towards a medium-sized content, right? Yeah, uh, like now they support a minute and a half. Yeah. Maybe later on it's going to be three minutes. And I think actually when they started the reels, it started at three minutes and then it yeah. went down to a minute and then now a minute and a half. So, yeah, well, what you notice is like all these platforms are competing against each other because they're, <laughs> they're fighting for people's views, people, people's clicks, people's attention spans. Mm -hmm. And TikTok really, I feel like that was a platform that really jump-started that short-form, vertical yeah. style, yeah. you know, content. Mm -hmm. And so, as you notice, when TikTok came out, a lot of people started getting off Instagram and going to TikTok because mm -hmm. it was just, you know, new and kind of, I guess, better content. People prefer yeah. video content a lot of times over pictures. Mm -hmm. And then YouTube followed short, you know, it's like short-form. It's got to be YouTube shorts under a minute. I think TikTok's 90 seconds, and I think, no, excuse me, Instagram's 90 seconds. And then I think TikTok, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Is like three up to three minutes. Up to three minutes now, yeah. So I haven't spent a lot of time on TikTok, so yeah. I'm still kind of familiarizing myself with that. But they're all just basically fighting for each other's, you know, for for people's attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's been a lot of that. But I think in general, YouTube, the long form videos, I don't think those will ever go anywhere. Maybe there's been a bit they've been a le a bit less popular just because there's so much competition with like the short form video content, but. I think you'll see, you know, long form video. I don't think it'll ever go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I do agree on that. And, and actually, the way I do consume uh, content, especially like um, uh, the content I usually consume, are either uh, technology related because this is what I work on, or video games. I'm, I'm a gamer, like yeah, uh, yeah, a yeah. hardcore gamer. A lot of people are and, gamers. Man. Yeah, and uh, when when I do consume that content, no, well, actually, I look for the long form Absolutely. content. I, I want to learn something here. Yeah. I want to see this video review of that video game. Yeah. So I do still consume that. I think it's not going to go anywhere. No. Did uh, you know? Do you know? Do you know what the largest? I'm sure you probably do, but the largest search engine in the world is. Do you know what it is? Uh, other than uh, Google. It's Google. Yeah. It's Google. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know what the second largest I, search I, I engine? I thought that's going to be That uh, was too tricky. obvious. Sorry, not to, <laughs> not to confuse you. The first largest search engine in the world that people use is Google. That's Google. why yeah. it's, it even became a word. Hey, just go Google that. You yeah. know, now it's yeah. like literally a verb yeah. in the dictionary. It's a word. And the second largest search engine is YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So True. you can learn anything you want on YouTube. 100%. Anything. It's amazing. And I, a lot of times I don't even Google things anymore. I just YouTube it. Cause mm -hmm. if you can learn something through a video, you're able to learn it usually faster than just like reading it. Yeah. So YouTube is an incredible platform and something that you should probably touch on is the, a big difference between like a platform like YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok is Instagram and TikTok. Those are archived based platforms. Mm -hmm. All right. That means you, you post something and then, you know, two or three days later, it dies. It dies. Yeah. People forget about it. Yeah. You know, and you don't even know, like no one even knows what I posted on Instagram yesterday. I don't even know what I posted yeah. on Instagram yesterday or the day before. All right. But whereas with YouTube, that's a search based platform. True. So you can put out a, a, you know, an educational YouTube video or it can even be entertaining. It and it can really live matter. for years. It yeah. can live for years. It could still be getting views 10 years from now. Yeah. So there's, that's a huge difference in those platforms. So understand the difference between like a search based platform and like an archive based yeah. platform. And I feel like in my opinion, in YouTube, you can monetize a YouTube channel. You can actually sure. get paid to create content with mm -hmm. YouTube. Yeah, you have to work hard for it, but you can do it. Anybody can start their own YouTube channel and start making money from mm -hmm. it. 
Instagram and TikTok are never really, you know, you've, you've never been able to do that. Yeah. So there's just, there's a, there's some differences in those platforms that I think is important to know if you want to, you know, take content creation more seriously. So, so what, what, what kind of content are you actually creating right now on uh, YouTube? Like what, right so? now. So just in the past, I think probably five or six weeks, I've actually just started vlogging. Like vlogging has been one of the oldest styles of content True. out there, you know, just like vlog what you're doing in it. Mm-hmm. it. It really kind of lost popularity. I feel like a lot, but now it's like, I coming like a, back a new, maybe yeah, yeah a new era of youtube might be coming around like trends happen in all social media mm-hmm. and all platforms so like i feel like the authenticity era of youtube may be starting again and so people you, you start to see more people like vlogging yeah and like i really like a big catalyst of that was a guy named sam sulik yep he's a just dude, a kid who just started vlogging his workouts and he did it for like nine or ten months straight yeah his content's nothing special. It's just him and his workouts, him talking in his car, him going through the workouts and talking about it as he does them. And the guy has built up a YouTube channel of like two and a half million people in just a matter and of nine matter months. Of, yeah. He just exploded. And to my knowledge, I could be wrong. He might, I think he might have been the first guy that actually just started vlogging all of his workouts and mm-hmm. putting it out there. And again, he's a pretty fascinating character guy because he's like, he's 21, he's extremely muscular, extremely mm-hmm. jacked. He's a bodybuilder. You know, and he's just created a pretty genuine. I still put out YouTube shorts and I still put out uh, probably one high quality edited scripted YouTube video every 10 to 14 days. Nice. So lately, I mean, my goal is I want to grow on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I'm like doing everything I can. I'm working hard at it. And my growth's been, you know, somewhat slow, but it's, it's, constant at least i'm growing all oh, the time i think it's 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 doing all right yeah like, it's, uh, it's doing okay yeah. so I'm, I'm thankful for it but mm-hmm. yeah lately i've just been putting out you know four videos a week of just my workouts and i feel like i've been getting a lot of feedback on it positive feedback mm-hmm. not many views which i don't care about i'm hoping you know we'll see what happens in like six nine months yeah. of consistency but the the positive feedback has been really good on it so i'm going to continue with that and then i put out a youtube short probably five times a week a lot of times it's the same content that I'll use for Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. So you can just repurpose those and on different platforms. Mm-hmm. And then I'll put out like a pretty high quality, you know, like I said, edited, well edited, well scripted YouTube video as well. Nice. So and I spent a lot of time on YouTube. It's no. like, that's like where my mind is at right now. That's and that's, that's where I really want then, to grow. Then how, how, how are you doing it, man? Because uh, like uh, past 10 oh. minutes, we have been talking about social media and, and we are realizing and, and we're trying to even educate here as well that, uh, it's a lot of hard work. Absolutely. Preparation, scheduling, yeah. content, getting the ideas, being creative and doing all that. Plus, you're still coaching. Yeah. Plus, I still have like an online fitness yeah. business that I manage. And, yeah. and you're still working out. Yeah. And you're yeah, still absolutely. trying to be jacked. And, and you have a, a girlfriend. You, you, you want to spend some time with her. And yeah. I have to. I love my girlfriend. How are you doing all that? <laughs> I, I work every day. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying... Yeah. I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm not advocating anyone take that approach where they work every day, but because I work for myself and you know, I'm, I'm kind of an entrepreneur. It's like, mm-hmm. if I don't work, I don't, I don't get anything. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't work, I don't eat. It's mm-hmm. like that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't think everyone should work every day, but when you work for yourself and you really love what you do, it's hard to switch off sometimes. Yeah. It really is. So I, I, every day I'm going to do something to, you know, build my business, whether that's, you know, work on my coaching business, you know, obviously take care of clients cause I still got to do a good job and be a good coach to them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even just before I was, I came to this podcast, like I spent probably an hour 
writing out and rewriting and scripting a, a video that I'm going to be filming in the next two days. And I was also scheduling content to, to post later this week for YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And I, yeah, I train. So how I spend my time is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wake up early and I work late. I wish I had a better answer, but I don't like, I work a lot. Right. I work really hard and, and I just, I do it consistently. Did, did you ever go through any uh, kind of burnout or, or feel like, you know what, I, I, I need to stop for like, give myself some time to just recover. Yeah. Uh, Especially coming from fitness as well. Like, you know, like for the muscle to grow, yeah, yeah. the best thing is to make it recover. It right? Absolutely. So. And so that is 100% true. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say I spend way more time sitting behind my computer thinking about content and making content than I do working out Mm -hmm. because yes, you're right. If you want to grow, you actually have to take time off and recover. Whereas with work as frustrating as it is, there's always something that I could be doing to be kind of pushing the needle forward, Mm -hmm. you know? And so do I experience burnout? Maybe some days, maybe there's be days where I'm just like, my brain is fried and I need to take like the afternoon off or something like that. But Mm -hmm. in essence, like, I never feel burned out because I always think about, all right, what, what could I be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could still be, you know, a trainer in the gym, you know, that's doing PTs for eight to 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. stuck on the gym floor and not, that's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. not. And I, you know, I, in no way, shape or form is that bad, but I just realized, all right, I, I don't have to do these things. I don't have to work for myself. I get to. So I kind of have that mindset shift, like, all right, do I want to grow or do I want to stay the same? And I'm kind of one of those people that I fear being in the same place next year that I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like I fear not growing. So that always kind of inspires me. You're like, all right, man, you know what? Like you need to do this, like do it now. So again, it's, it's a, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm one thing about me is like, I'm, I'm really big on, believing you know about how you live your life and everything in your life is a choice so i just remind myself man i don't have to do this i don't have to try to be on youtube i don't have to try to put out a post on instagram and i don't have to run an online fitness business you know there's always alternatives but Mm -hmm. in my mind those alternatives are far worse than what i'm doing Mm -hmm. so i choose to do what i do nice nice so uh speaking of the online um uh, training so uh, true strength is your uh, on, online coaching brand correct um wh- 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 when did you start working on that um uh, brand yep. wh- why did you decide actually to to call it true strength sure uh, I, there's, there's little stories behind that yeah i started true strength in probably january or february of 2019 mm-hmm. I was still coaching CrossFit at the time. I was working at a gym called CrossFit Metalize here mm-hmm. in Dubai, kind of on the other side of Dubai. But I realized, again, I've already said this, but I'd kind of reached the ceiling on my you know, personal training, coaching career. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make any more money. I couldn't work any more hours. And I knew I can't work for someone else my, my entire life. Like mm-hmm. That wasn't going to make me happier. I would not be fulfilled doing that. And I just looked at some other guys. Like I told you, I, I looked at what some other successful guys in fitness we're doing and and they started their own brands they started mm-hmm. working for themselves and i was like you know what if i'm going to take myself seriously i need to start my own brand i need to start working for myself i can't just always work for someone else and make them money i need to make myself money so then true strength was essentially you know born and it, it wasn't always true strength it, it, it went through a, a, a name change but 
uh, it was originally called Next Level Fitness, which is pretty cliche. Like, okay. there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, cause I wanted to open up a gym at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was going to call it like Next Level Gym. It's kind of funny. I haven't told anybody that. <laughs> I even got a logo and brand and everything like, and I thought it made sense. Cause you can see right here, like that's kind of my logo right there. Yeah. So, TS, I don't know if you guys can see that, but True Strength, my name's Tanner Shuck. So mm-hmm. TS, TS. And also in my opinion, True Strength, it was kind of, it really embodied what I'm about really well, mm-hmm. especially my philosophy behind training. If you know anything about training and not everyone will, but, um, I really love doing absolute strength, which mm-hmm. is like lifting barbells. Mm-hmm. I also love training relative strength, which is being strong with your own body weight, mm-hmm. you know, like moving your own body. And then also mental strength, being mentally strong, being able to push yourself hard, not just in workouts or exercise, but you know, in every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you have the combination of absolute strength, relative strength and mental strength, that really kind of embodies what true strength is. That just made sense to me at the time and I've stuck with it. Nice. You know, so that's how it came to be. Super, super. I love it. And um, so, so, so when, when it comes to your coaching philosophy, especially when, uh, when it goes with on, um, online coaching, because um, uh, Your main philosophy right now is strength and conditioning, right? Yes. Which mostly, yeah, you can um, say that. I'm, I'm not a coach. Uh, I'm, I'm just an enthusiast. So, yes. But I would imagine that um, uh, strength and conditioning form is essential. Actually, in, in, in any um, uh, workout philosophy, like even if you're doing bodybuilding and, and uh, working like hypertrophy and stuff like that, you still have to focus on form. But I think maybe it's, it's a bit more with strength and conditioning. I, I would say... I think people tend to overcomplicate it again, and I'm biased. Mm-hmm. I think any form of exercise is better than no exercise. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different things that you could do these days, and there's a lot of, you know, different paths a person could take, you know, for their own health and fitness. Mm-hmm. I've taken the path of, you know, what I've just always done in that sense. I've always lifted weights. I've always tried to be strong, and I've always, you know, maintained a good level of cardiovascular fitness. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm fit. I'm healthy. And in my opinion, actually, it's, I think it's pretty factual as well. Lifting weights, getting stronger, building muscle is the single greatest way to spend your time exercising, regardless mm-hmm. of what kind of exercising you're doing. If you want to get the most value and the most benefit and get really the best return on your investment of training, lifting weights is, is number one, mm-hmm. just because it improves you know, lean body mass, meaning it builds muscle, you get stronger. And the longer that you can maintain lean body mass as any human goes through the aging process, the, the stronger you can stay, the, the longer you can maintain muscle mass as you age, mm-hmm. the longer you live. Mm-hmm. So it just, it improves your quality of life and it improves your lifespan. Mm-hmm. So I'm very partial to strength training and just basic strength training, like any kind of basic strength training, whether that's just doing squats, deadlifts, or if you're even using machines like a chest press machine or a leg press machine, like building and maintaining muscle is the best way to spend your time exercising for, for health. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how do you um, uh, retain online clients for longer, especially uh, that yeah. it's, it's, it's still a remote uh, interaction? It is, it is, so yeah. w- w- what's your philosophy also around that? Well, first, what your clients care about, they care about themselves. Mm-hmm. They just care about getting results. So mm-hmm. you definitely must get your clients results if you expect to retain them. Mm-hmm. All right. And really, if you're putting out a good product and a good service, you're, 
it, it kind of sells itself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, and it, the, I have a lot of clients, a lot of them I do retain and I keep, and I've been coaching, you know, a number of clients for, for uh, you know, years. And again, like that just kind of reflects on your experience and, and your product, but just getting people stronger, maintaining, improving their quality of life and their health. That's really the most important thing you can do. And the approach that I take for that is getting people strong in the basics, just basic foundational strength, you know, Mm -hmm. getting stronger by doing some kind of squatting variation with their legs, getting stronger, you know, with their upper body pushing muscles. So, you know, if they fell on the, fell on the ground, they could actually have the strength to get up, push up. So you have to get themselves off the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, getting strong in every which way possible, because it'll just improve your life outside of the gym. So yeah, I, I take a very simple and traditional approach to training. I keep it very simple and very basic because the best forms of training are actually just, you know, the, the most basic forms, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, cool. And, um, back to the, um, uh, situation with, uh, your Instagram being, uh, blocked. Yeah. Uh, so, so did, did you start it all over again or uh, you, you figured <laughs> so that's, out the way that's to... a funny story. How I got that back actually. I really don't even know how I got it back. Luckily I have, this is a f- crazy story. Mm-hmm. My videographer, um, he's Filipino, mm-hmm. and he knew some f- hackers in the Philippines that were able to hack my Instagram back on the dark web. I don't really even know how it happened, but okay. it, it was like so sketchy uh-huh. how I got it back. I never would have got my Instagram back. Luckily, he knew some people that have experience in like hacking people or hacking other people or like, I guess getting their accounts back because people's Instagrams or Facebook accounts get hacked all the time. Yeah. It's such They're a very pre- vulnerable. It yeah. sets. Yeah. It's so vulnerable and it happens so often mm-hmm. that it's Facebook and meta it's out of control. Like they have so many users and it happens to so many people all mm-hmm. the time that their customer support is just atrocious. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's why I, I really don't like the company meta or Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. they have everyone, you know, have everyone in their control, if that makes sense, especially yeah, their social yeah, media, yeah. their life on social media. But I got my, my Instagram about back. I got, I, I hacked it back. If that makes sense wow. through some hackers on the dark web. I, I had to pay, I had to pay him a decent amount of money. Yeah. I know that sounds really sketchy cause it kind of is, and I'm still not exactly sure how I got it back. They were just able to get it back for me. And like, that was the best money I ever spent. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a, no, no, no. Actually, it was such a relief. You, 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 that should, I got you, you should connect me with your uh, photographer. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I'll definitely I'll, need their help. Sometime. Yeah, yeah, I will. If you're ever dealing with issues, but no, no, I, no. I, no. I, 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 so honestly, look, I've, I've had my Instagram and Facebook like from the very beginning. Uh, like back in the day, even when Instagram was like uh, those just square pictures with very old filters. And yeah, I, yeah. I go back to uh, like sometimes I scroll all the way back to the very first pictures. I also, so and thankfully, I, I never had a situation where uh, my account got hacked. Uh, but I'm always like anytime I'm, I'm with someone or um, talking to someone, especially when they uh, have a strong following or a strong influence on Instagram. They're always either with a problem that their account is hacked 
or is about to be hacked, yeah. or uh, their ad account is not working. Yeah, my so, that's that's happened to me numerous times. Yeah. My ad accounts have been disabled or blocked. Yeah, I had to go through numerous things of those, and I yeah. had to work with people to help me get. Sometimes that. you don't even understand, like uh, you're following policies, terms and conditions, everything. Yeah. Yet it gets blocked, and then you just send an email. Hey, I was just following. Can you re-revise it again? And they re-revise it, and yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's so, a strange thing. Yeah. Uh, like the policies and community guidelines on Facebook and Meta, mm. they're like really really strict, mm -hmm. but they make so much money because that's still where most people's attention is. It's, yeah. it's, it's on Facebook and Instagram. Like they're incredibly powerful platforms, especially for advertising and marketing and trying to, trying to, you know, earn money. Mm -hmm. And as much as I hate to say it, like I need Instagram, you know, and Facebook because it helps me with my coaching business. Absolutely. So like, I don't, I don't like the platforms just because they're quite saturated and diluted and, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in some ways yeah. and they're just not great platforms in 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 some ways i just don't like them yeah but they're they're still necessary and i still no, absolutely them, so i agree i agree 100 you, you know is what it is mark zuckerberg is he's he's got us all you know <laughs> true <laughs> so um speaking of um uh, training can you um or do, do you remember uh, what would be your favorite training moments wow that's uh not difficult question to to answer. I've just I've worked out so much. I've I've forgotten you know so many workouts that I've done. I would say probably the, the one that immediately comes to mind would probably be it's easy back in 2014 when I won the Dubai CrossFit Championship. Mm -hmm. You know I won it. That was like a really tough competition. It was like a four day competition, mm -hmm. and I say it's probably my my most favorite one because probably because I, I made a decent amount of money doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, and another one that comes to mind, like, you know, whenever you hit like a PR lift, mm -hmm. that's always a good, you know, th those, those feel good, especially now I'm not young anymore. I'm like 36 and I'm still training really hard and I'm still natural, like not enhanced. And so anytime I can hit some kind of PR in the gym, that's a really good day. Cause PRs mm -hmm. now for me are few and far between. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, again, I'm just very thankful to be able to work out. I look at it as, you know, I don't have to work out. I get to. So it's always, I always look at it from a kind of a, a perspective of gratitude. So any day that I'm in the gym doing something, doing what I love, I'm like, all right, you know what? This is a great day because, nice. you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity to even work out. So that, but that, that one winning the Dubai fitness championship probably is the first one that comes to mind. Hmm. Nice. But yeah. It's awesome. Good awesome. It's really good. And uh, other than um, fitness and uh, social media. Um, do you have a hobby or something you can share with us that uh, maybe not a lot of people know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm a huge fan of music. It's particularly Metallica. Like, yeah, particularly like heavy metal music. Well, that's, uh, that, that, that's known, I think. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> so I spend way too much time actually at home watching heavy metal concerts mm -hmm. on YouTube. So... That's probably something not a lot of people know about me. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I love watching live music on YouTube. So who, who, who are your uh, favorite oh, bands or man. who do you listen to? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Pantera. Pantera, okay. uh, Yeah, Metallica, obviously. I went and saw Metallica and Pantera yeah. live in concert earlier this year. Uh, Where? In, do, do you know in, actually? In so L.A. In L.A. Yeah. Metallica are actually playing in Saudi uh, in a couple of weeks. No way. Yes. What? Yes way. 
in Saudi. Check check their Instagram in oh, Saudi. I will. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm actually crap. contemplating that. I think they're they're playing on the 14th or 15th December. This no way. Next week. I don't or know so. how. I've already seen them this year. But yeah. that's like that's great. That's like obviously the probably the closest concert you'll ever get. That's yeah. what's rough about living I've, in Dubai. I've been t- contemplating. So so I actually went to two Metallica concerts before. One yeah. in Toronto and one in Cologne in, in Germany. Oh, yeah, Germany. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, I actually fly to go to a Metallica concert. Yeah, you know, I flew and, uh, to LA to do it. Yeah. Like, that was actually the catalyst for, for I'm, I'm me like thinking, it. okay, so Riyadh is like what, a couple of hours away from here? Sh- yeah. sh- shall I just pick a ticket and then and, and head Man, there? I, if I, I wasn't know. if I wasn't already traveling, I'd probably do it. I'd probably yeah. go. I didn't know that. Nice. But yeah, that's probably like my guilty pleasure that not a lot yeah. of people know about me. So if I'm not working, if I'm not training or not making content, I might just be at home hanging out, chilling on my couch, watching headbanging. Yeah, headbanging, yeah. watching watching <laughs> YouTube concerts. Nice. But yeah, that's like that's kind of I guess one thing I do. Nice. Spend time with my girlfriend too. You know, if, if I don't, then I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> with all of this yeah, happening, yeah, 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 yeah. man, you have to. Yeah, that's, cool. that, that's really what probably a lot of not a lot of people know about me. Super. Just like a normal guy, really. <laughs> honestly, I am. True. Yeah. And um, so, so what are your uh, aspirations? So, you know, like um, when, when people uh, go to job interviews, uh, they are usually asked, okay, what do you see yourself doing in five years? And so, so what do you see yourself yeah. doing in five years? You know, what's funny is I've actually never even been to a proper job interview. I've never had yeah, a job that, interview. That's yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super <laughs> lucky. But where do I foresee myself in five years? Mm-hmm. I plan for see myself still being you know very strong very fit in very shape like i think my fitness is always going to be really really important to me mm-hmm. um it kind of needs to be considering my profession um hopefully you know doing kind of what i'm doing now just on a larger scale mm-hmm. hopefully in five more years time i'll will have been able to make a larger and bigger you know impact on on other people you know just to help them you know live a happier and healthier life you know, just through being honest, being disciplined, you know, not making excuses. But I would love it, you know, five years from now, if I, not to sound, I uh, hope this doesn't sound like narcissistic or mm-hmm. I don't want to be arrogant, but hopefully I can have a following of like around a million people on YouTube, maybe Instagram. I'm not so concerned about other platforms, but right now I just want to, I want to grow on YouTube and, and, and reach and help more people. And if I can do that in the next five years, then that would be amazing. I know one thing for sure is I'm going to try and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. Hopefully hopefully that's where I'll be, man. Cool. Awesome. Well, awesome, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. I know we, um, we, we, we had to prepare it. It's, it's been a year in the making. Yeah, essentially. No, and I should (laughs) thank you for having me, man. I can tell you worked really hard on this. You did, you know, did your research and took time to have me on your show. So thanks very much for having me on the level up podcast, man. It's an honor. Awesome. Awesome. Do it again anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure, man. Pleasure.